Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 74. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, locals. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and I'm your host for today. As always, I appreciate you joining us today. I have a few updates for you, and then I'm going to talk to you about one specific aspect of my business that I have recently uh, keep running my head into. <laughs> so it's a little frustrating, but I um, wanted to give you an update. Yesterday in the podcast, I told you that I was going to New Jersey. Um, to get some new products out for my business. And so I went to the jury and I made them pizza um, on the grill and they liked it. And I made them ice cream with liquid nitrogen. They liked that. And I made them coffee. And um, the good thing about jurying is that not only do they get a chance to look at your products, but they can also give you some ideas. And so um, I got a few little tidbits of ideas, one uh, particular idea and Gonna, I've got my Cuban coffee this morning, so let me get some of that and I'll tell you. One of the ideas was, um, I got, these are, you know, got to remember these are longtime Key Westers, and so many of them have been here for years. And uh, one guy said, you know what, I don't really drink coffee, but I never pass up a Cuban coffee. They're different. It's um, a much uh, stronger coffee. Cuban coffee is also made to be sweet. And he said to me, so if I were you, he said, just to try to, you know, get more people to drink your coffee, is I would try to make Cuban coffee and American coffee. And so I taught, started talking to him some about the differences. And uh, there's a, you know, a Cuban con, a cafe con leche, which is a lot of, uh, about equal parts coffee and milk, which is uh, traditional for Cuban breakfast, uh, which is also just buttered bread. So buttered bread with milk and coffee all mixed together is, uh, a, you know, Cuban breakfast. So that's what people are used to. But um, he's he made it a point to talk about how different Cuban coffee drinkers were than regular coffee. So if people get used to drinking Cuban coffee, they're probably not going to go for just the normal American coffee. And so that was a really good thought. And it's something I could easily do and easily incorporate. So it's uh, not a difficult thing at all. So I can do that and, again, double my base for coffee since there is no coffee. I also made sure that the jury knew that um, the... Coffee is the base product, and I would like to uh, be able to serve it hot or cold or the latte or the, you know, whatever it is. Because at some point, I may get an espresso machine or something like that where I can, uh, you know, steam the milk or, uh, you know, do the other things. And so I wanted to make sure that all of those were kind of encompassed in this coffee base product. Um, because nobody's doing that right now, and it, I guess the coffee item gets passed around from person to person. And um, I wanted to make sure I had all of those at my disposal because uh, iced coffee, um, I know Starbucks has popularized that. Back growing up, I thought my grandmother was strange when she drank iced coffee and it kind of, kind of was gross to me. But now, uh, you know, Starbucks has popularized that and it kind of makes it like almost like a milkshakey kind of drink. So it's easy to transition that from winter when it might be colder and people want a hot drink to summer 
where people would enjoy it as a cold drink. And it would go right along with my ice cream. And, um, you know, even having the coffee there, I could easily make a delicious coffee-flavored ice cream. So, anyway, those are... That's that's what I did yesterday. I went to and juried that. However, they let me know that they have changed the rules. And because of some problems... Uh, always that's why the rules change, right? Because people create a problem. And uh, they are not allowing any of the new products to be sold until the jury meets on Wednesday. So... I'm sitting it out until Wednesday, and then hopefully I can have all my products down at uh, Mallory Square. So, um, you know, it's interesting because I've run into um, kind of unforeseen circumstances in a lot of the situations I've been in in the past week with my business. And one of the reasons for diversifying my product line and not making it solely dependent on liquid nitrogen was that in Key West, we ran out of liquid nitrogen on Thursday, and nobody buys it. Uh, nobody has it to buy and to refill my tanks with, and so they're getting some in today. So from Thursday until now, I would have been out of commission if all of my products were dependent on liquid nitrogen. And, you know, the thing about it is liquid nitrogen is one of those things where you don't want to buy too much at a time. You don't want to have too many tanks that you fill up because they do gas off and, and uh, a certain amount evaporates every single day. So, you know, you could say, well, I had an extra tank, and you go out to use it after letting it sit for two weeks, and it'd be completely empty. So it's, um, you know, it's not it's not a great situation with that, but I, one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, diversify my products so that I'm not completely dependent on the liquid nitrogen in order to be able to sell something. And then when I went down to Mallory, I was expecting to be able to come home yesterday and get everything packed up and go down and sell all the products because I had juried them yesterday morning, and of course, then that wasn't the case. And then I thought, well, if I'm not going to be able to do it until Wednesday, then that will give me time to uh, get my all my new signage made. And I've got some uh, uh, hand lettering I've got to do on my food cart and that sort of thing. So I thought about, uh, you know, the perfect timing to go ahead and make sure I've got all my signage ready. And whenever I called the sign people this morning, it's like suddenly I came flooding back to a memory I had of a conversation I had in September whenever I bought my last sign that he said, oh, yeah, we're going on a cruise the week before Thanksgiving. So sure enough, I called this morning, and they're closed until the 24th. And you might say, well, you know, there's other sign places. Well, there are. There are other sign places, but the problem is they're like sign places, but they don't have the equipment to make the signs. So all the other sign places in Key West outsource their sign work to the guy that lives right up the street from me and has his office here on Big Pine, and because he has all the big equipment and he has the space for it. So nobody's getting any signs in Key West made this week. Now, these are all things that, you know, you don't even think about if you if you live in a big city, um, or even not just a big city. I mean, even where I was from in Spartanburg, uh, in South Carolina. If if I couldn't have gotten something in Spartanburg, I probably could have gone to Greenville to get it. Worst case scenario, I could have picked it up in Columbia, right? So you have options. Well, here you don't really have options. I mean, you do three hours away in Miami, but that's three hours one way to get to Miami, and then three hours back down. So that's a six-hour drive to run to the nearest big city um, and back just to get what you need. And so that, you know, by the time you 
and count your time and your gas and all that, you end up, and not just that, but if you go to do the information to get a sign, you have to take it up there, give them all your artwork and, and that sort of thing, and talk to them and pay and do all this stuff, and then you have to um, go back up and pick it up or something. So uh, I can do it online, but then again, I get into, I can't get it done quickly, I can't get it turned around, and I would pay an extraordinary rate for shipping overnight. So these are all things that have really made me think a lot about um, kind of what, I don't want to say what my vulnerabilities are, um, but, you know, the great thing is, I mean, my, the other products on my on my food cart are run off my grill, which is run off propane. Now, propane, there's a hundred places in uh, Key West or the Keys that you can get propane. That's a huge um, thing. You can actually go and get your tanks refilled want to do that or you can do the tank exchange at any grocery store any um, there's tons of uh, drug stores and all that so that's not really a vulnerability now if my grill broke um, I would need to find another grill and that might be difficult during depending on the time of the year luckily I live in a place where you can always find yard furniture patio umbrellas and seasonal things that maybe in your Lowe's or Home Depot would be out in the winter and not, I mean, be put away in the winter and be out of stock. Um, but here I can find most of them all year long. Uh, we woke up to um, record highs today, almost 80 degrees. Got some storms coming through, but nothing like the rain and snow and cold that is blanketing much of the country. So um, still, it's great summertime weather here down in South Florida. So anyway, it, these, these things have made me think um, about what I need to do to make sure that at the point in time I get all of my ducks in a row and I kind of finalize and I feel like I'm kind of at the end of my search for the right products. Because I feel like once I get pizza, coffee, ice cream, and then I'll continue selling my cryopop, then I will have three very basic staples. And there are many businesses around the country that are built on those three products. And they're familiar to people, um, not just familiar to people, but they're many times very in demand um, by people. And so if you, were, if you had an hour and a half to sit until sunset, and I was standing, uh, sitting behind you, grilling pizza and making it smell good or brewing coffee and making it smell good or you kept seeing people walk away from my booth with ice, ice cream you might be tempted to have some as well so I feel like those are three very good universal staple products and I also feel like they're products that could kind of go either way with the seasons I mean it, it could they could sell well in the winter they could sell well in the summer and so um no, I mean, I'm sure there's gonna, they're going to vacillate, and I can sell more ice cream in the summer when it's really hot, and I'll sell more coffee in the winter when it's cold. But I think all of them will be good selling products. So I feel like I'm getting to the end of my search, and I hope I'm not disappointed to find out, you know, that these are not the right products. But I feel like, I, I just feel like they are. And so hopefully with the four products that I have, the coffee, the pizza, the ice cream, and the cryopop, I will be able to have a busy food cart that is able to really make the revenue that I need to live off of. And at the same time, I've kind of had to expand my horizons. I 
Luckily, I've never, I've never used French press coffee before, but I'm going to be making French press coffee down on my booth where I just you know, heat up the water and use the French press. And I can use electricity or I can actually put the pot on the grill and heat it up that way. So either way, I should be okay and be able to make the coffee. I can make the uh, pizza. And, and that's the other thing. I've expanded my uh, knowledge of pizza. I really had never thought about putting it on the grill and it actually is very good. So, um, you know, if you're ever in a point where you're without electricity or you're without power and or you're out camping or whatever, pizza is something you should definitely consider putting on the grill because it's actually very easy to do. Doesn't heat up your kitchen and get you know when you heat up the oven to cook pizza it's four or five hundred degrees and so you can do it outside and uh, it makes it very versatile as well because you top it on the grill and uh, so anyway so these things have just you know they've just come up and they've made me think about what do I need to do to make sure that I am never without the ability to um, provide for myself and not just the ability to provide but I don't ever want a period of another week again where I cannot go down and work and make the money I need to make. And so I'm just trying to use this time to do what I need to do, making a couple of modifications on my food cart. I'm filling up some of this board space that I have on my food cart with some hand lettering of uh, what I have. And so just really hoping that this is the last time I end up not being able to work for a week because whenever you're out of, you know, you're already struggling to provide the revenue you want, to get the revenue you want to, to live off of, to have a week where you can't work. And then at the same time, next week is uh, Thanksgiving. And so uh, we've already had to, you know, had to make our plans to go back to South Carolina for Thanksgiving. And we're, we're shortening the weekend so that I can work on Saturday and Sunday at two different festivals in town and try to help make up some of my revenue. But, you know, you get to a point where you def definitely need um, no work stoppages other than the unpredictable weather. And, and down here, weather is uh, pretty good most of the time. There might be passing storms, but we're through hurricane season, and uh, we're heading into part some of the, the most beautiful time. We're out of the rainy season. We're heading into the most beautiful time of the year where the temperature is moderate but not hot. The humidity is low, and it's just a beautiful time of year to be in South Florida. So these are some of the lessons that I've learned, and I guess the biggest thing that I would leave you with, if you're, if you're trying to start a business and you're trying to make it what you need to be, number one is don't be so locked into a, what you think your business is supposed to be that you're not willing to adapt and change. Um, in, talk, in doing this podcast, I've talked to over 55 different business owners. In, and interviewed them about their business and about how they started and about what they did to get started. And the interesting thing is very, very many of them, I would say well over half of them, started their business to be something other than what it is today. And so either they found, whenever they actually put their feet to action and they started their business, they either found flaws in their business model, they found maybe that the market demanded something else, and they also might have had a, just kind of an unexpected turn when they added a product line or added a service and before you know it their entire business became that rather than what they originally started out. So I would say if you're going to start a business, you know, have your plan and go ahead and work it, but don't be so married to it that you can't change. I mean, if I did that, 
I would have given up a long time ago on my food cart because I would have not made the money I need to make and I would have just been like, okay, well fine, I guess I need to go get a job. And in my mind, that's not an option. I've got to make this work and I've got to figure it out. And it's funny, I'm kind of the joke at jury um, because, you know, I guess yesterday was my sixth, fifth or sixth time to go before the jury to get products um, approved. Now, the good news is all of the products I have approved um, under my, you know, name or my business are mine. So if I ever wanted to go back and add any of those, I could. Maybe it was just the wrong time of year to throw them out there or whatever. But it's just one of those things where I keep trying and I keep reinventing and jury keeps you know laughing at me saying we love to have you keep coming back because you always feed us so uh, would it be wrong for us to tell customers not to buy from you because we don't want you to stop coming to jury you know because they they like coming up in the morning to jury and getting fed so don't be so locked into what you're going to start that you can't adapt and change as the market demands and it might not even be that the market is making a demand of a new product for you. It's just the market isn't exhibiting a demand for what you're already selling. I see this on Shark Tank all the time. And when you watch that consistently, you start seeing themes. And many people come in. And there was a lady the other day that came in and she had uh, a, a prototype. It's the only thing she had. It was like a, an, 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 it was for turkey turkeys are cooking that kind of food and it was like a, a baster and an injector and something else all in one and all she had was a prototype she didn't even know where to get the prototype manufactured she didn't have any idea how much it was going to cost her she didn't have any idea how much it, she was going to sell it for she didn't have a company she didn't I mean she didn't even really have a product she had zero sales and here she was on Shark Tank getting her lunch handed to her and there's no, it's no wonder because she didn't, she didn't have anything that other than an idea that couldn't even be validated whether or not she had a business. And so it's no wonder she didn't get funding. But listen to the market. The market will tell you if you put something out, nobody goes for it. I mean, granted, it could be that you need to change your marketing or you need to do something different to it. But be aware that if the market tells you they don't want it, what are you going to do instead of that? The other thing that I would say if you're going into business uh, by yourself and on your own, you know, and you're, you're now venturing out, is to definitely not give up. And don't let, you know, failure is not final. And so when you fail or when something flops, every business has them. Some people will say, you know, you hear about my success, but I failed 11 times before I had this successful company. And that's, that's, the, that's the magic right there, is that you fail and you get back up. The Chinese proverb, what is it, fall seven times, get up eight. That's what it takes to be successful in your business. So if you're going to do that, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And so, you know, I hope at this point, and if, and if what I'm doing right now isn't working, I will keep working on it. But I have a feeling it will be okay. It, it will be basic uh, enough and universal enough that I can make the small amount every single day that I need to live off of. Um, and so the other thing that I have learned is try to take every precaution to control the circumstances that you can control. At one point in time, um, the last job that I had that I left whenever I moved, quit my job and moved to Key West, I worked for a company uh, that had an owner that was extremely risk averse. And I mean, almost 
borderline paranoid. And it was it was funny though because during the summer, whenever it would like our busy season would go away and it would slow down. During the summer, they would be buying like laptops, a few a few laptops to keep on hand, and they would go and make sure that the uh, they all had like remote internet access, like through a Verizon. It was, I think, at that time, like an air card or some kind kind of thing like that. And they would be doing that, and I was like, "What? Why? Are, why are we buying laptops?" And they would say, "Well, if we ever get to a point where we all got sick or like the flu hit us, and we had four or five of us out, um, we would want people to be able to work remotely because um, the flu wiping us out could put us out of business for a week, and that would be." too big of a, <laughs> a problem. They would also bring in flu shots and every, you know, they'd really lean heavily on people to get it. Now, some of the people are like, no, I never get a flu shot. And they, they didn't take it. They would give it to them, give it to us for free. And they would do all these things. They would put hand sanitizers around the office. And if anybody even thought about trying to come in sick, they'd be like, no, no, stay home. We don't want everyone else to get infected. So they would think about things that could potentially affect work and revenue um, well ahead of time. And so what I have learned in these last few days is to anticipate what I need and not wait until the last minute. I live in a very remote place anyway, so my resources to um, get me out of a situation are limited. So when I have liquid nitrogen that I'm out of or I have um, signage that I can't get or I'm waiting on a formality of a board meeting to approve my products, those are the things that can stop my work. And so by diversifying what I'm doing, I'm trying to mitigate those work stoppages and hopefully get to a point where I don't have to keep going back to jury. Um, honestly, there are people down that have come after me down to Mallory Square and they're food vendors and they have not done very well. In fact, one of them told me the other night, the last time I saw her, she said she had not sold a single thing that, that night. So not only did she go and buy her expensive, I think probably $15 a pound fish for her fish tacos. She also spent $20 to be there, had to get herself to work, and all the, the preparation of the things that she had to sell, and didn't sell a single thing that night. Now, I've never had a complete shutout like that. I have had times whenever I've ended up on the negative side of the money, but I've never had a complete shutout. And so, in my mind, if she wants to make it down there, why well, keep doing what's not working? And it's not that it's not maybe it's not that our products are bad. It's that maybe she needs to add more, or she needs to figure out something. It might even be that her you know pricing is uh, too high for people or something like that. So it just um, it's hard to tell. You know, it's just you got to keep trying things. You got to keep experimenting. And I can't uh, presume to tell other people what's going on in their business. But look at what's working and what's not. Always be in analysis mode because that will make a huge difference in how you handle your business and the decisions you make. So those are some lessons that I've just learned in my short time <laughs> trying to get my business off the ground. And uh, the other, the very last thing I'll leave you with is it'll take you twice as long as you think it's going to take you, and it will take you twice as much money as you think it's going to take you. I was on our, um, our podcasting group yesterday in, in the forum that we have, and one of the guys was just all gung-ho and 
His question to the forum was, I'm thinking about quitting my stable day job and going into podcasting full-time in January 1st. So I'm thinking about going ahead and giving my notice December 1st. I'm going to go full bore, have my show ready to launch, and I've got two months' worth of savings uh, before I need my podcast to replace my income. Is that reasonable? And there was not one single person that thought that was a reasonable uh, goal. And so I would say it's always going to take you twice as long as you think, always going to take you twice as much money as you think. So plan for that. It's the same thing with a house renovation, I think. Twice as much as the budget says and twice as long. So if you plan on that already, you'll be good to go. So just some lessons I've learned. I want to give you some updates and share uh, those three little nuggets with you about uh, starting your own business. As we look at the new year, it's a great time to look and see what action are you going to take to live the life you want. Um, I'm trying to build wealth, but not necessarily just financial wealth, wealth of freedom, wealth of time, uh, wealth of a rich life. And so that's uh, that's where I'm headed. And I have to excuse me, there's a boat coming by. they got to go check the lobster pots. It's the lobster boat that goes out every single day. And um, so it's just one of those things where if you have enough of a drive and enough of a determination, go ahead and take the first step and the second step and the third step before you know it. You will have built the business and you can do it as your side hustle while you work your full-time job until the side hustle makes more than your full-time job. And then you have created enough of a runway that you can do whatever you want to do in your life. So I would encourage you, look at is 2015 going to be your year to take control and do what you want to do? It was funny, I was listening the other day to something, and they were talking about how it's like 70% of America works, that, that has a job works for these big corporations. But there's also 70% of people that are completely dissatisfied with their job, and most of them are in these big corporations where you feel like uh, you're completely dissatisfied with what you're doing, but you've got the golden handcuffs on. Maybe there's benefits or a higher salary or just the security of having a big job with a corporation. And this decade more people have left those corporate jobs than have started them and they are now taking out on their own to start their own businesses and it's essentially live life on their own terms and that's kind of what defines the period that we're going through right now in business and so be a part of that be a part of getting control of your life and doing what you want to do whether it's having the wealth of, of time freedom or the wealth of financial freedom um, somebody I was listening to the other day said, well, being an entrepreneur, the best thing about it is I can pick which 20 hours a day I work. <laughs> and so I thought that was funny because it's true. I've never worked harder as an entrepreneur or trying to set up this business as I have. And it was funny, um, Allison and I were talking last night, and she said, you know, she said, anytime you've ever gotten jobs, she said, you just get them and you go right in and you succeed. And and it's true. I'm, I'm one of those good employees that I want to do well and I want to succeed. At the same time, I have never failed so many times as I have trying to start my own thing. And I'm not used to this kind of failure, so it's frustrating. And it's never, I've never had to work this hard to make this little money. And that's what you need to expect whenever you start out. Be prepared for the realistic. And so don't be afraid, though. Just go ahead and stare your fear in the face and take one action after another after another and ultimately get to where you want so if I can help you in any way, please reach out to me. I would love to share anything I know about uh, anything that I can do to help you in order to get you where you want to be with your life. So 
reach out to me. You can find us on our website, brickandmortarrecorder.com. You can find us on Facebook at the same, on Twitter at BAM Recorder, and you can find, uh, you can definitely find me. So definitely reach out to me if there's anything I can do to help you. And uh, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you coming on the journey with me today. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. 